This is Eighth Day Encouragement, a recap of the Sunday service, offering hope and faith from the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. You can find us online at holytrinity-nyc.org. Today's Gospel comes from Mark chapter 10 and tells the story of the healing of Bartimaeus. It suggests a deep and mysterious connection between believing and receiving vision. The story and the words of Jesus encourage us to step out, to move forward with belief, and then to trust that our belief will take us to a new place and way of seeing. This story about Bartimaeus takes place as Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. In other words, it's near the end of Jesus's earthly ministry. All the while, Jesus has been telling his disciples that the kingdom of God is in their midst, right in front of them, if they'll only see it. The disciples here are a little like the person who goes outside and sees a rainbow, but then runs back in the house to get the camera, and by the time they've returned, the rainbow is gone. Over and over again, the disciples miss the miracle right in front of them because they're busy reasoning or arguing or trying to predict Jesus's next move or lobbying for their own position. Jesus meets Bartimaeus and hears his crying out to him. Jesus hears in his words a desperation and a suffering. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus says, let me see again. Jesus says that the man's faith has made him well and so sends the man off. But Bartimaeus regains his sight, and instead of going off, he begins to follow Jesus along with the other disciples. Well, we know that healing in our world doesn't always come that quickly or easily. It's, it's not always related to the amount of a person's goodness or, or holiness. It's not equivalent to how much we say our prayers or how much charity we give. The story of Job, as well as many of our own experiences, tell us differently. And yet, faith can open us to the possibility of what God might do. Faith can awaken within us a larger vision. Sometimes when this opportunity for a larger vision presents itself, we explain it away. We overthink the challenges. We let fear get the upper hand. Sometimes we have faith and we might even have enough to take the first step towards what God might be doing, but other times we just have to laugh. Well, if we should laugh as a response to what God wants to do in our lives, we're in good and holy company. The writer and theologian Frederick Beekner points out the old story of Abraham and Sarah, represented so beautifully by the Holy Trinity icon in our memorial chapel. In the middle of the icon are the three strangers or three angels who bring good news to Abraham and Sarah. And in the far left is Abraham, and in the far right of our icon is Sarah. They hear from these angels that they are going to have a child. Sarah is going to get pregnant at the age of 90, Beekner points out the Hebrew that Abraham falls on his face laughing, and Sarah laughs too, wouldn't you? And so when Sarah gives birth to a son, it's no wonder that she names that child Isaac, Isaac, laughter in Hebrew. 
Beekner says that faith is surely the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen, as we hear in the letter to the Hebrews. But faith also is about laughter at the outrageousness of God's work in our world. People people often laugh when they hear hopes that are born of faith. Imagine the family and friends of Serena Rhinelander back in the 1890s as as she uh, slowly and quietly put together property and began to outline her plans for a mission house and church here on East 88th Street. People laughed at Father Paul in 1950 when he led Holy Trinity from being a mission of St. James's Church to being our own freestanding congregation in the Episcopal Church. In our own community, people laughed at Sue Chandler when she first began the organization Search and Care. They laughed at Gretchen Buckenholtz when she started a children's playgroup that became the Mary Katz Castle School, which grew into the Association to Benefit Children. It continues to grow and provide services and advocacy for children and their families. People have laughed at Crazy Holy Trinity when we reopened for worship as soon as we could in July 2020, and they've probably laughed as we've continued on trying to be faithful. People laugh when they hear some of my ideas for the future of Holy Trinity. Some of my hopes for this parish probably deserve a few chuckles, but just get me started, and I'll tell you on and on and on about all the ideas that come to me and others around me for a new kitchen in the basement of St. Christopher's house, renovations to St. Christopher's to make for an accessible entrance and handicap accessible bathrooms. I'll tell you about ideas for a meeting room for classes where we can actually hear each other and be online, for a restored bell tower that chimes beautifully, and even for a new garden patio in the east side of the front garden. On and on and on I could go. If we just have a few more people, if we have a few more ideas, if we put our resources together and continue to make friends, we can do all sorts of things, serving this community, serving God. Just as it wasn't always easy to be faithful in the past, there will continue to be challenges in the future, new and different parishioners, volunteers with new and different strengths and weaknesses, new visitors, new members, new gifts, new abilities. You may laugh, I may laugh, but as Beekner reminds us, the reason Abraham and Sarah laughed was that it suddenly dawned on them that the wildest dreams they'd ever had hadn't been half wild enough. And so we live between seeing and believing in the place of faith, grateful that it's also a place of laughter. It's filled with laughter because God is doing amazing things among us. And if we allow our faith to move us along, we will come to that place where we laugh together, we laugh loudly, and we laugh with God into eternity. On October 24th, the choir sings the beautiful Nos Autum Gloriari, music by the 16th century composer Palestrina. The words are from the intro at Vermondi Thursday and Holy Cross Day and translate into English, We glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom is our salvation, life, and resurrection, through whom we are saved and set free.
You've been listening to Eighth Day Encouragement. The eighth day is a Monday after the seven days of the week, but the eighth day also stands as a new creation outside the pattern of the usual seven. And so the eighth day symbolizes resurrection, hope, and the possibilities for new life. I'm John Bedingfield, the priest and rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. I hope you'll come and visit us in person one day, but you can also worship with us through Facebook Live, follow us on YouTube, and learn more at holytrinity-nyc.org. God bless you this week and always.